0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: A swing and a long drive. Left center field.
2: Countdown to Opening Day show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. A ground ball off the pitcher's up to the second baseman. Got him! A complete game, five nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Ameren Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. I'm Mike Claiborne along with Tom Ackerman. We're here in Jupiter, Florida. And, Tom, uh, we've had a chance to spend some time watching this ball club. And, by the way, Chris Raby's going to join us in just a bit. But in the meantime, uh, give me your thoughts on what you've had a chance to see so far.
0: Well, so far I've seen a team that I think from a starting pitching standpoint seems to be in a really good place. Carlos Martinez is back. He has been announced as the opening night starter.
3: I felt honored, and honestly, the first when he said that, when he had this conversation with me, I couldn't believe it. I thought he was talking about the exhibition games in Springfield or in Memphis. So, so just to be able to have this position and to be able to represent uh, the Cardinals and be number one and be the ace is just so important to me. I'm going to treat it just as if it was any one of my normal games. I'm going to try to stay focused and just really try to have a clear and relaxed mind so I can have a good start.
0: Martinez through translator Alexander Naboa excited certainly about what he can do and, and I think that's important to have that in place although you know it's the one game but it kind of sets the tone for the year and it's a major thing on a major stage and Carlos has been a terrific pitcher. Adam Wainwright I look forward to seeing him a couple more times before then and then you know with Lynn and Waka and Leek I think you have three right handers who certainly have something to prove all three of them so it'll be exciting
1: and I like the way that Mike handled it basically the guy who starts was rewarded for what he did last year I mean I mean I know Adam's been here longer but Carlos Martinez was a better pitcher last season
0: no he was and I like how Adam put it he told so when Mike Matheny pulled Adam aside to tell him that he was going to announce Carlos as the starter for opening night Adam said, hey, look. He said, you know, it's kind of like what the Braves did. When the Braves had Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, they would go by who had the most Cy Young Award votes the year before. So Carlos is the winner, so he gets the start.
1: I like that idea. Man, I hope we can do that around here a little bit more often. Well, let's talk a little bit about today's game. Uh, Cardinals win big over a Washington National team that was without Bryce Harper and Daniel Murphy. But overall, they had their ace on the mound in Matt Scherzer.
0: They did. Max Scherzer is one of the best in the game. He's a tremendous talent, and uh, the Cardinals countered with Carlos Martinez. So with the ownership group in town and. The place packed to the gills. It was uh, certainly a, a great marquee pitching matchup, and I thought it was good. And, you know, the player that jumped out to me today is Greg Garcia. I mean, my gosh, how many bases is he going to gobble up? He had an inside-the-park home run against the Astros on Monday. Takes a day off yesterday. Today he's lashing triples and doubles and just looks great and, and turned a spectacular double play also with Colton Wong. Um, those two know each other from way back, so the chemistry was there. I think the Cardinals are in a good place
1: in their infield depth with Greg Garcia. I, I would agree with you. And you, to watch him, and you were here in the early days of him developing on the backfields to come to a point now where he's going to have a significant impact on this ball club, either as a utility guy or as a pinch hitter, That that's a nice way to watch people develop. Right, and he has a great
0: mentality. You know, when I talked to him during the off season, he said, you know, we looked at the Cubs, and, and the Cubs do what they do. And, you know, we played with those guys in the minor leagues. And it, it does inspire you to, to with this group, you know, they can do that. I mean, they can come together and do great things together. They're, the Cardinals grow their players through the organization, and Greg and Colton and many others, Randall Gritchick, a lot of others have been together for a long time, these young players. Steven Piscotti, you know, there's an opportunity here for this core to grow together. And, and Greg Garcia is certainly capable of playing a full season at multiple positions and one thing also that i like about him claims is that he knows how to get on base he'll do it any way he's got to do it walk get hit by a pitch make contact he's a good player to have around good
1: player to have around and when you look at the bench today i think it's going to be a pretty effective one i always feel like when you put a bench together the key is making sure these guys get enough at bats early in the season in order to stay sharp because they've been playing a lot here in spring training and then all of a sudden you may be limited to one or two at bats a week so you got to figure a way to how to stay sharp you do and like in the case of matt adams you know they're trying to find
0: a way to get him as many at bats as possible and so While some people might look at the project in left field and say, why Matt Adams in left field? Well, first of all, he's dropped 30 pounds, so he can move around. He's athletic. Um, And why not? You know, why not give it a shot and give him an opportunity? If it works out, he gets more chances to bat because that's Matt Carpenter's job. Going into this season, Matt Adams, the only position he could play is first base. you got to find some other way to get him some at-bats. And like you said, keep people sharp. So, They have done that. Now we're at the point of the spring here in late March where you'll start to see the starters and the immediate reserves get most of the at-bats. They need to get their work in, and the Cardinals uh, will be playing the Cubs before you know it. So this is all happening very quickly, and here we are towards the end.
1: You've seen enough games now. Is there an area that you have a concern? Is there somewhere where you'd like to see it just a little tighter?
0: I'll go right back to what you said in the beginning when you asked me what I liked about the team. It's the same thing that I'm actually concerned with, because I think the entire year revolves around the rotation. And to me right now, the five-man rotation looks good and looks strong, but you want to see Adam Wainwright come off that 10-run performance and be better um, going into the season. You want to see Mike Leake be able to cut down on his walks and be better at being the strike thrower and making weak contact. Um, And then, you know the others. I think have been good. Michael Waka coming off an outing in which he gave up a few runs, but overall he's been good. But beyond those five starters, you know, I think who is the next one? And I don't really know who that sixth starter is. You know, Tyler Lyons coming off knee surgery. Trevor Rosenthal won't be that guy. He's going to be a multiple innings relief guy. Uh, Luke Weaver has talent down in the minor leagues, and there are others. And the Cardinals could do it if they had to, but there's no surefire. Replacement, if something were to go wrong.
1: I think i put John Gant in that conversation also, but you're right. And that's the area I'm concerned about because of the fact you've got two pitchers in Walker and Lynn. One didn't pitch last year, and the other one probably shouldn't have pitched. And you can't expect those guys to give you 200 innings, so you're going to have to find some guys that are going to have to fill in the gaps from time to time because you don't want to burn them up before the All-Star break. Totally, and, and I think the bullpen
0: is in a good place. I mean, I like the back end of the pen with O and Rosenthal and Broxton and others. I, I think that they'll be strong. Segrist and Cecil as the lefties and, and much more. Bowman can be a long man for them. They have some talent there. I think that those relievers have to be good, but the starters have got to go deep so you don't burn out your bullpen, especially if you're asking for some of these guys to go multiple innings. I think the Cardinals will hit the ball well. I think they have speed better than last year. I think they have better defense than last year. But this will be all about the rotation. This is a pitcher's park at Bush Stadium now at this point. And I think ultimately if the rotation is strong, the Cardinals will be right there in the end playing in October. And if it's not, they'll be watching. I think it's really that simple.
1: I want to go back to something you said about Mike Lee. One of the things about spring training that I don't think we take into account as much is the umpiring, especially when you have guys, and we had a guy the other night that umpired uh, Mike Leek behind the plate. It's not a big league umpire. And because of the World Baseball Classic, we're not seeing guys that we're going to see when the season starts. And I think one of the mistakes that he can, has a tendency to make he'll give in to an umpire instead of just pounding a certain zone that he's comfortable with and I think once we see more big league umpires I think we'll see a much more effective Mike Lee.
0: I think that's a great point actually to be made that's something that that is really good to think about as well as the improved defense behind him and just coming off another year of maturity and so Leak will be watched very closely I know by Cardinals fans based on last year's performance but you're going to see really the same pitcher it is about the variables around him umpiring defense game situation and if he's pitching with a lead and pitching quickly and working quickly he's in a great place and the cardinals will be better off i think that leak is a, a good fifth starter for this team
4: all right thanks very much guys a big show coming up tonight we'll tell you all about it in just a moment, only two episodes left, including tonight of Cardinals countdown to opening day before the Cardinals and the Cubs open up April the 2nd on Sunday night at Bush Stadium. Subscribe to Cardinals Magazine and receive two free tickets to a Monday through Thursday home game in 2017. Order now at 314 345 9000 or at cardinals.com slash magazine. Coming up, going to visit with Eric Fryer. He's back in Cardinals camp again, played such a pivotal role through spring training and the regular season last year for the Cardinals before he was scooped up by the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll hear from Matt Carpenter. He's going to sit down with Tom Ackerman, the Cardinals' first baseman, has not only a new position on the diamond, but a new spot in the order. He's going to be dropped down with Dexter Fowler now manning the leadoff spot. Lance Lynn, he gives us an update on his spring as well. Of course, the right-hander not necessarily still recovering from Tommy John's surgery. He's had quite the spring and a normal workload after having the surgery to reconstruct his elbow back in November in 2015. The Cardinals have some high expectations for Lance, and I know he has high expectations for himself, We will also hear from Ben Frederickson at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. will give us his perspective on the Cardinals headed into the 2017 campaign. Derek Lilliquist talks pitching with us. And Alexander Naboa, the Cardinals translator, visits with Mike Claiborne as well. And Mike Shannon, he always uh, is a treat to lead off our second hour. Mike Shannon, the voice of the Cardinals, will do that for us tonight as well. So all of that and more coming up as we get ready for some baseball on April 2nd at Bush Stadium, the Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs, and we do it with this week's edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne, Tom Ackerman, all with you, Ben Boyd, our executive producer, and we're back in a moment with Eric Fryer after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.
1: We have a chance to visit with Eric Fryer. He's catching for the Cardinals, and first of all, it's good to have you back in camp. Can you stay the whole season this year?
5: Uh, We'll find out, you know.
1: Different circumstances cause different effects, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here right now. Has this been the best situation for you in the big leagues? You've been around for a bit, but last year you got out to a great start. The numbers game caught up to you. You were well-received. Now you're back, and everybody knows you're going to be here. Is this a good situation for you?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. That's one of the reasons why I resigned here. I was, uh, I felt really comfortable last year, felt like home. I felt like the club received me very well, um, and just, you know, to have the confidence of the staff and, uh, that you can go out there and just keep things rolling behind Yachty. I mean, that's, uh, what's
1: not to love about that. You're right. You're like the backup quarterback at football, but when called upon, everybody's pulling for you to do well. So tell me about how the whole WBC has worked for you and how much playing time you've been able to get and how much you've been able to work on your own game.
5: Uh, it's, it's been really nice. I mean, Hey, I've been able to watch Yachty do his thing, um, on TV a little bit and other, other people. It's a great, great tournament. Um, as far as being in camp here, uh, being able to get a lot more starts than I did last year, more innings under my belt, not just uh, at bats, but just being able to be- get behind the plate, catch full games already, um, just kind of get stretched out. A lot of times you leave spring, you're just kind of like maybe one or two full games underneath you, and here it seems like uh, you know I'm starting to get my bearings, just starting to get the good good feel, I guess, behind a dish.
1: You know, we had a game recently where the Mets just – it was their day. I mean, they, they didn't miss any balls. I thought it was one of the best games I've ever seen a catcher have, especially when it came to blocking balls. And I know maybe you didn't get the, the strikes that you wanted, but you were so agile behind the plate. Is that something you practice a great deal of? Because you look like a goaltender more than a catcher that day.
5: Yeah, I mean, that was not one of our better, better days, obviously. Um, you know, as a catcher, the mindset is go out there and just get the most out of your pitcher. And even when things aren't going well, uh, I still got to do my job, uh, keep the balls in front keep runners from advancing, um, just do everything I can to to keep us in the game as best we can. I mean, that day obviously it got away from us, but down the line, I mean, comebacks happen. You know, I've seen crazy things happen. So, I mean, just trying to keep the intensity level up and keep everyone in the game. And that starts with me behind the dish, I think.
1: Take me through your process when you get here to the ballpark because backup catchers, any guy who backs up, their situation is a little bit more unique as far as preparation. So walk me through how you approach things.
5: Uh, typically, you know, I get to the yard. I might just get some something small to eat, and I'm going to watch some some tape on the guys from the game before. If it's a new series, I'll watch kind of what they did the series before against an opposing team just so I can develop a little bit of a game plan with uh, with how we're going to approach the hitters, whether I'm in there or not. Um, just because, I mean, substitutions happen, double switches, injuries happen – in a whim, so I just got to be ready for that. Then I'll go in the weight room, kind of get uh, my warm ups started off. Go in the cage, get some swings in. I might watch a little more film before the game with Yadi, and then it's just leading up to batting practice and, and getting actual game plan with the starting pitcher.
1: You know, you always have to be prepared for whatever. I'm going to go back to something working with Yachty. How how helpful has that been for you as far as enhancing your career? Uh, it's been fantastic. I mean,
5: not only. The the on-the-field stuff, blocking, throwing, uh, I thought it was more beneficial almost seeing what he does behind the scenes, how he approaches um, preparing for a game, how he handles his body, how he handles the staff, how he gets the most out of each guy. So, I mean, I learned a ton about just preparing for each game, each series, each and every day. He does it the same thing every day, um, and it shows. He's very, very consistent back there.
1: And for you to be able to see the consistency, is, is this the best situation you've been in where you've been able to learn even at this stage of your career?
5: Yeah, it really has been. I mean, obviously having Mike as the the manager last year, takes a great deal in catching. Obviously, he's a wonderful catcher. Um, So, yeah, I learned learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from Yachty. And, you know, anytime there's, uh, I I guess, a point of emphasis for the catchers, it's obviously going to benefit us a lot. So, I mean, this is one of the more catcher-heavy camps I've been a part of. Calling
1: the game, that's an art to me. when did you learn how to call a game and do you sit in the dugout and call games now or what you would call in this situation, even if you're not playing?
5: Uh, yeah, I I learned to kind of call a game. I think all catchers as they get older through high school, college and stuff, they, you know, they call games, but I didn't really learn how to call a game probably until double or triple A, I'd say. I mean, I, I'd put down what I thought was right, but sometimes you just put down things just to put them down. Um, but when I started talking with uh, Tom Prince when I was with the Pirates, he's a long-time big league catcher. I learned a lot from him. Just when you're not in the game, how to how to watch certain things. And, and like you said, call games. So I'll say, well, this, he's set up for this right here. Whether or not he does it, obviously I can't control that. But just uh, playing in the game when you're not actually in the game, it goes a long way.
1: And, you know, I guess that's what makes good catchers great managers we see a lot of former catchers that are managers and I get the feeling that's something maybe down the road you might look at now I'm not saying I want to retire you this early but is that something you think about because you seem to be a guy who draws you are like a sponge where I watch you talk to other players and other pitchers is that something that interests you down the road
5: I mean I think yeah coaching of some some kind would be something I could get into I would like the opportunity maybe eventually um I think you see catchers a lot of times become managers because they kind of see the game from a different angle. Obviously, we're in foul territory; we see the whole field. A lot of times, we've got to know where bump plays, where everyone's got to be at certain certain points. So we're kind of in the game even if we're not in the play. Um, so yeah, it'd be something that would be neat down the line. I feel like I got pretty good relationships with uh, pitchers position players I guess that's one of the roles of the catcher being able to bridge that gap between the pitchers and position players
1: and I'm sure when you go out to the mound you probably have to go to the memory bank and say okay this guy I need to pat him on the back more than kick him in the butt sure each guy is different like you said some guys do need a little kick in the butt and some guys you know what they just need
5: pumped up they just need to say hey everything's great and you know sometimes you gotta lie you gotta just get the most out of them that day whether they got it or not they gotta believe that they can go out there and get hitters out and that's the job of the catcher getting the most out of them
1: for you as a, as a catcher, and I'm sure you watch young catchers. What are some of the things? If somebody's listening to this and they've got a kid that wants to catch, what are the three things you think are important as far as being able to ascend as a catcher? Not just catch balls, but do all the other things that come with it. Um,
5: I mean, I think you got to take great pride in what you do first and foremost. If you uh, if you're lazy behind the dish, it's going to show. If you bring it back behind the plate, it's going to show. Um, you have to treat each inning each hitter just by itself you know what I mean you and it's a fine line because you also you're looking down the line about what you're going to do to next time around mm-hmm. so um, I think I think that's the main thing uh, I'd say you got to be a good communicator with pitchers you got to be able to get the most out of them and just put in the extra work putting extra time a lot of times catchers when they hang around long enough they get their chances because they put the work in. They see the dedication it takes a lot of times. And, uh, you know, that's something I took pride in when I got to, to pro baseball just try and do more than everyone else, do the things people don't want to do,
1: and uh, hopefully it works out. And I always ask catchers about hitting. When you step in the batter's box, do you think like a hitter or do you think like a catcher on what you think he's going <clears> to <throat>
5: throw you? Oh, uh, man. You know what? Sometimes you do think along with the catcher, but then that's a lot of times you can look pretty silly too. Cause you're <laughs> like, why? You should have thrown this instead. Um, so I try not to think like a catcher when I'm up there. I try to just be a be a hitter and just almost just see the ball and react, just try and simplify things as much as possible. I think a lot of times it's pretty tough to separate my defense and going up there and saying that, you know, I got to actually hit now, where a lot of times for me I'm locked in at catching. Whatever I do at the play, it's, it's bonus, but sometimes, you know, We gotta be able to drive runs in. We gotta be able to execute situations. So we gotta lock in at the plate too.
1: Those getaway days, you make sure when you know you're gonna be in that you don't squeeze that bat a little tighter because you know at bats are hard to come by from time to time, Mm -hmm. especially as a backup catcher because you're the last guy, you're the last resort. So there are a lot of times, even in extra innings, you may not play. So how much do you have to guard against that knowing? Okay, bats are bats are precious, and I can't overdo it.
5: Yeah. um, you have to guard it quite a bit. I mean, when things are going good, you don't have to worry about it. But when you start pressing and trying to do too much, that's when I know me, I get into trouble. Um, you just got to go out there and play. Try and be as natural as you can. It's, uh, it's one thing you just kind of, Tori Hunter, when I played with the Twins, he was big on just saying, see what happens. Every time he steps in the box, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that approach, just saying, you know what, I'm here, I prepared
1: the best I can to see what happens when I go out here. It's great to have you back. Have a great, healthy season, and uh, look forward to seeing you hop out of that Ford truck when opening day rolls around. <laughs> Looking forward to
4: it. Get set for the season with your new Cardinals gear. On Friday, April 7, 30,000 fans, ages 16 and older, will receive a lightweight hooded pullover, courtesy of AT&T. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. When we come back, Ben said of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network work.
1: Ben Fredrickson writes for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch online, and he's with us today, and we have a chance to talk about spring training. You've been here for a while, so let me get your thoughts on what you've had a chance to see.
6: Sure. So I came in for the final two weeks. So I'm, I'm playing catch-up, but, uh, you know, couple things I was interested to see as soon as I got down here. You know, you want to look at the try to get a feel for this defense is going to be better. You want to see the new guy in, in Dexter Fowler. And you also you want to get a feel for, you know, how is this uh, this clubhouse culture that we've heard so much about this spring? Uh, how is that? How is that looking? Because I think that was a, a topic last year that became more and more newsworthy. The fact that this was a, a little bit of an off feel. But, you know, you come down and you walk in the room this year and you see those, those two those two lunch tables they keep in the middle of the clubhouse. And last year it was the minor league table and the major league table. This year guys are all over the place. You hear a few more laughs, and there seems to be a, a kind of a, a fresher a fresher air in there. And I think a lot of that has to do with Fowler, but I think a lot of it has to do with last year. They didn't necessarily like the way it felt. And uh, you're seeing an, an effort to maybe make things a little more loose, a little more fun, and uh, we'll see if that translates to the field. You think that starts at the top with the manager
1: where he – has allowed guys to have more fun. Not that he was riding herd on guys or anything along that line, but it seems like they want to generate a lot more energy, and it sounds like he has gone out of his way to make sure he listens to some of his players a little bit more.
6: I think we've seen uh, we've seen Mike, you know, be a little lighter this spring too. Not in terms of expectations or or demands or anything like that. I mean, he has a job to do, and he's going to hold guys accountable. But you know, last year there was so much talk outwardly about this team having fun having fun there was that bunt contest and that was like it right but this year there's not as much talk about it you just see it right. I mean you see Dexter Fowler bringing his uh bringing his, his his music into the clubhouse. you see Colton Long carrying the speaker around you see Mike Matheny jumping in rundown drills with the guys I mean how many managers in baseball are doing that so I think this is this is unique because last year they were talking about having fun this year they just seem to be having a little more fun and I think that's the telling sign
1: one of the things you mentioned at the outset is the defense and I know that. That was something that just drove everybody crazy last year. They've been a lot cleaner as far as how they do things.
6: Well, they have Peralta healthy after the, after the thumb, and then you have kind of and Mike has talked about this a lot. Kind of that reinforced middle. You have a more experienced Ledmus Diaz. You have an investment in Colton Wong, telling them, look, you're going to be able to play through some, some ups and downs. And then you have Dexter Fowler in center field. So, um, Mike Leake said something interesting the other day. We asked him, do you think this defense is better? And he said, well, we'll see. But I think there's a, I think there is a uh, you know a cognizance of last year. And how, uh, and how those struggles need to make everybody be on their toes a little bit more. So should have a better defense, but also more attention to detail. I think those things should improve the look overall. You
1: know, last year I thought Leak was just the recipient of some bad defense because once I thought he lost confidence in, in the defense behind him and therefore thought he had to strike everybody out. Got himself in a lot of trouble.
6: Yeah, I agree, and that's what the numbers show too. I mean, the guys—it's a, gra- a ground ball pitching staff, and he's the—he's the the epitome of it. So if he doesn't feel like his guys behind him are going to be able to do their job, then he has to change how he pitches. When you have Mike Leake trying to be a strikeout pitcher, you have Mike Leake giving up giving up hits. Um, he has to be able to trust the guys behind him. And so far this spring, when he had four double plays and four innings the other night, um, that shows him that he can he can rely on those guys. Let's talk a little bit about the offense. Um, you know,
1: Fowler certainly has changed the look. But where do you think the offense is going to come from? Because there's still a few strikeouts in that batting order.
6: Yeah, well, on base percentage makes you makes you optimistic. Um, the first day I was here, Dexter Fowler turned a two um, a two strike count, zero and two, into a walk. And I don't know many guys who can who can do that and that's at the top of your order and that's impressive. And then you have a ledmus who is quietly having a great spring. I think there's so much concern about a lead miss in this so called sophomore slump but we looked up his numbers the other day, and I mean, he's just doing it. He's just that is who he is, man. To the point where they, I think they shut him down a couple of days so he doesn't burn himself out too early. He's just a hitter. I mean, and that's I think the longer he's around, the more he's gonna he's gonna prove that. And Carpenter, look, I'm not one of those guys who thinks that Carpenter crumbles as soon as he moves him out of the leadoff spot. I think he's gonna do a fine job um, in the three hole. I think uh, it was really smart of him to pull himself back a little bit this spring and to alert the staff, hey, my back's feeling weird and this is what I felt before the oblique. He would not have done that right. last year, two years ago. So I think that shows maturity in him and understanding the guy that he's got to be. Um, the big question to me is, is Piscotty, is he going to be four or someone else? I mean, that's really that's really the question mark, in my opinion, because you got these guys who can get on base. They're going to do it. Who's going who's to hit them in? That's that. We'll see if that develops more throughout the season.
1: We're visiting with Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post. dispatch You can read him online and if you go into this season with a concern,
6: what might it be? Well, defense. Um, I mean, I'm still. I, I understand how it can be better, but I'm still. Uh, I'm still. I'm still going to need to see it, right? I mean, uh, I think. I think that's the big. Uh, the big question, and then, uh, and then, the, my next biggest question would be, would be, do they have somebody who has the power to make the most of those runs? I mean, Jed Jerko's coming back. He had 30 bombs last year, but I don't know that that's a realistic expectation. Um, Randall Gritchick went up and down last year, so we—if he can develop, maybe he becomes that guy. But are they going to have a hammer who can who can take advantage of that on-base percentage? But to me, the biggest question I think is going to continue to be the defense until we get enough games in to say, okay, this is no longer a concern. Offensively, sound sound. Defensively, a lot better. Pitching.
1: Do you have a concern about who would be your sixth guy as far as a starter is concerned? Considering you had one guy who didn't pitch at all last year and another guy who probably shouldn't have pitched last year, Michael Walker, because of the injury, they're not going to be 200-inning guys.
6: Yeah, well, Walker is, looks great this spring, and uh, the problem is that that's almost how he looks a lot of springs. It's what happens when he gets that inning count on him. You know, you've got some interesting guys in the mix for who could be called up. I mean, John Gann has looked great. This spring I mean, he's got that weird delivery, and I don't know that they knew what to think of him, but he's really helped his case. Now, there's not necessarily a spot for him, so maybe he's the guy you put in Memphis. Tyler Lyons can do that. Um, we just need to see if he can get healthy. Um, his control has been a little off as he tries kind of to come back from that knee injury. To me, the biggest concern about the, uh, about the pitching is, you know, I, th- I have the ultimate respect for Adam. You know, hands down. But you know, he's in this battle against time, and it's not not a secret. And he looks he looks physically stronger than he was last year. But his last outing was rough on him, and he he I mean, he said as much. So, can he be the guy that he once was? I mean, that to me is a very big question with the starters. Um, I think Carlos is is a no-brainer. I'm. I'm high on Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. I know that any time a guy's coming back from Tommy John, there are concerns. But but we've just seen Lance Lynn be the same Lance Lynn that he always is this spring. He's going to throw a ton of fastballs. He's going to make you hit him. If he's not, he's going to strike if you out. you ask him what was he throwing, <laughs> he'll tell you. It's a fastball. <laughs> and you say, Lance, you know, you're healthy now. Can you mix up those pitches a little bit? He said, well, why the heck would I want to do that, right? And then why are you asking me, you know? But he's. Uh, I think his presence um, brings back an edge to that rotation that they missed last year. I think they missed Lance Lynn last year, and I don't know that they knew how much they were going to miss him, just his, his his edge and what he brought to that staff. So, And I think Leak, as we mentioned earlier, I think he's going to be better because the defense should be better. Um, he didn't have a bad year last year in terms of his, if you look at his, and I know some people don't like fielding independent pitching, but if you look at that as a measure of what he could have been if the defense would have been sound behind him, you'll feel a lot more optimistic about Mike Leak.
1: Final thing for you, uh, as an online columnist or just a columnist, it, it's always interesting to find how you come up with ideas, especially when a team's going back. Because everybody's a little bit more cautious, a little bit more protective. How does that work for you as far as your approach? Because this is a team that I think we're all waiting to see. Everything's been great down here. As I was telling Mike Matheny, I said, you've been so nice, and we haven't won or lost yet. So what's going on here? You know, how, how challenging is that, especially when we get the season going?
6: Well, it's always makes our job easier when they're winning because everybody wants to talk and, uh, and, and, and sit down and share stories of success, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way I look at it is the, the Cardinals – they set their expectations as com- competing for a World Series every year, and unless that unless that changes, then, then that's the standard that they should be held to, right? That's the that's the standard that fans who buy season tickets expect. Um, so unless they're going to say, hey, look, we're going to pack it in this year and, and wait for a couple years down the road, I don't think that would sell very well to the fans. But if that's the message, if the message changes, then I'll then I'll change the way I the way I cover them. But as far as I know, they tell us every year they put a team together they think can can contend. So uh, when they don't do that, like last year, um, you're going to ask why, and you should ask why. I mean, that's what the fans want you to ask, most of them. Um, so uh, as long as they win every game, you know, I think I think they'll be fine. No, so they won't win why. every they won't win every one of them.
1: But you know, if they're trying, I think that's what we look for. Hey, it's been fun to visit with you, and keep up the great work online. We can read you online. How many days a week?
6: Uh, every day, pretty much every weekday, and uh, and, and some weekends there too. STLT. dot And also in the paper as well. And then I put most of my stuff out on Twitter, too. That's uh, at Ben underscore Fred. Looking
4: for a great private event space for an upcoming meeting or party? Cardinals Nation inside of Ballpark Village is open seven days a week and has a variety of perfect spaces for groups of all sizes. For more information, visit cardinalsnation.com slash events. Matt Carpenter with Tom Ackerman next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.
0: Always good to catch up with Matt Carpenter of the Cardinals. How
7: are things going for you so far? Things are great. You know, just finishing up here spring training, getting close to the season, excited for big year. Always good to see you back in the batter's box. You were itching to get back in there. That was all a precaution, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, certainly was. Um, you know, taking that time off was more of uh, being smart more than anything and um, feeling good now and ready to get back at it. What do you like about this lineup that you're featured in? Um, you know, we got a chance to be uh, really good, um, dynamic from top to bottom, uh, the ability to hit the long ball, but also generate some runs some other ways and um, might look a little different than what we saw last year. And so we're looking forward to what, it, what this group's possible of capable of doing. Capable of
0: doing a lot of things, I wanted to talk about a couple of players. Alemdis Diaz. Now, you two were at the All Star game. We saw you out there in San Diego. What a story that was to see him ascend. Now he gets the opportunity to play shortstop every day.
7: Yeah, I mean I'm real happy for him. I mean we're counting a lot on him and his ability to do that and um, build on a great year that he had last year. So we're looking forward to seeing him do that and um, you know leading the way. What do you like about the way he goes about his business? You know, he's just a real professional, cares a lot about what he does, and, um, you know, takes everything very serious, and uh, wants to be great. You know, that's all you can ask for from any players. You you want the, the will to be there, and he certainly has that. And then Dexter Fowler, what does he bring to the club for you? Um, you know, we're talking about one of the better leadoff hitters in the game, and um, a guy who can run the bases, um, play really good defense, and um at an element that we really needed um at the top of our lineup so looking forward to to his role and what he's able to bring for us on a day-to-day basis and um it should be fun another player i wanted to mention part of this double play combination with colton wong his chance to play all the time certainly yeah he's uh, a guy that we're counting on as well up the middle with diaz um we know what kind of player he's capable of being and uh, we're looking forward to him putting that all together this year and um you know really running and taking off with it matt do you make a lot of
0: clubhouse leadership what does that mean to you matt holiday certainly your great friend is now with
7: another team um yeah i mean i think it's important um you know we're going to miss a guy like matt but um, we've added some pieces that are going to help fill that void and um you know certainly it's an important thing um you know having a having a leadership group amongst any club is is key to success so um, I think we got the pieces in this room to do that and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out Just going back several years to when you were trying to make this team and, and you took it down to that last day you
0: almost had it and then the following year you did at that time who was kind of taking you under their
7: wing um, You know, I had to put Matt in that category Holiday and then um, you know just some of the other veteran guys, Carlos Beltran was certainly another one um, I'd say those two more than more than most and um you know just show me the way and, and what it takes to to be a professional
0: what does it take I and mean, you have you changed much since then in terms of your attitude you still
7: have that same ethic it seems work ethic yeah i mean it's what um you know you got to have to be good at this level and um you know i learned from some of the greater players and try to implement that every day and try not to change yeah. i think you want to stay the same um what you know success that you've had um you know, how you got here, you, don't, you want to continue to work. One thing I have uh, observation of you
0: is that you can't get too emotionally high or low. You seem, at
7: least on the exterior, to be able to manage those emotions. Do you? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's kind of the key to baseball is consistency, um, both in performance and um, your mental uh, game as well. Um, staying consistent, and I try to do that as best of my capabilities, and uh, I feel like it gives me the best chance to be successful. Was it always that way for you? Was it w- at what point in your life you've been playing ball
0: since you were a little kid? When did you When did that start to kick in
7: for you? You know, I feel like I've always been fairly sound mentally um, from even as an early baseball player. Um, part of that's probably just being around the game and growing up around the game, understanding you know what it takes, and seeing other guys go through ups and downs, and um, just kind of developing it over over the course of the years. Did it help being the son of a coach? I think so, for sure.
0: Your family—the importance that they play each and every day for you, especially you know seeing Mackenzie here with your baby—I mean, what a nice thing to be able to
7: go into. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, the most important thing um, you know, is is definitely your family, and and um, they make it fun to get to do this journey uh, together. It can be hard at times, but it's certainly rewarding getting to see them every day. Your team moving forward has challenges.
0: There will be great teams in the National League trying to take advantage and get back to the World Series.
7: Where do you see the St. Louis
0: Cardinals in 2017 in terms of the competition?
7: Uh, I certainly think we got a great chance to compete, and uh, you know we're going to do our best to get back at the top of the division. And um, I think we got the group to do that. Thank you for the visit. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, man.
0: Matt Carpenter, always great to visit with him.
7: Join ARF and
4: Tony Larusso at Busch Stadium for an unforgettable evening at Wine and Whiskers, now rescheduled for Saturday, April 1st. A wine and food fundraiser at the Redbird Club, reserved now at arflife.org. Back to wrap up this first hour of Cardinals Countdown to opening day, presented by Ameren Next, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Wrapping up the first hour of the show, thank you to Eric Fryer, Ben Fredrickson, and Matt Carpenter for joining us A big second hour. Coming up, Mike Shannon leads us off. We'll then visit with Derek Lillequist, Cardinals pitching coach. Lance Lynn will sit down with Tom Ackerman, and we'll hear from Alexander DeBoa and Steve Zesch. we will tell us a little bit about uh, Cardinals Magazine. It's their 25th anniversary. Of course, uh, the big news today, though, Carlos Martinez is your opening day starter. He'll go for the Cardinals on Sunday night, April 2nd against the Cubs at Bush Stadium. And we are a week and a half away from that. Can you believe it? Only one more episode after tonight of Cardinals Countdown to opening day presented by Ameren. It's flying by, and we can't wait to get this thing going for real. So, again, one hour in the books, one hour to go. Chris Raby alongside my co-hosts this week, Tom Ackerman and Mike Claiborne. Ben Boyd is our great executive producer, and we're back in a moment with our two of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Well, we're here at the ballpark, and we're with the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon. Well, Mike, it's been a pretty good spring so far with regard to the play. We've only had a a major injury, one. Let's knock on wood and make sure that continues. But give me your thoughts on what you've seen, and what do you think is the biggest difference compared to last year?
2: Well, first of all, I think that spring training uh, is the time that a team develops a character. And I really haven't seen that to to this point. Uh, Of course, the last week of uh, the spring is when a lot of things fall in place. And also – There's a couple of tough decisions that are going to have to be made by the general manager and the manager on uh, people that they do keep, whether they're going to make a trade, whether they're going to just slide, they're going to pick someone else up. You know, that last three or four days when people cut their rosters and try to get down to a uh, 25-man roster is a very difficult thing to do.
1: You're right about that. And then you start looking at who's got options and who doesn't. Um, it's going to be tough, and every team is going to be paying attention to, to see who you got available because everybody's trying to improve their ball
2: club, whether it's one player or two players or whatever. And this is the most important time for the big league scouts. Spring training, they uh, they're they're looking at everyone, and you know their general manager says, "Hey, I, I might be looking for a utility infielder," and so consequently, they're looking at a guy like. Garcia. They know that the Cardinals have to either keep him, or he's going to be uh, he's going to be available for trade, or he can be moved in some manner or another. And it's the same way with the couple of outfielders that we have. And these scouts are very, very important to their organization at this time of the year. Very important.
1: And you know what? When you think about scouts, isn't it important
2: for them to know the character of their own ball club to see if this guy is going to fit or not? Well, there's no there's no doubt about that in my mind, Mike. And I think last year was a great example of it. The Cardinals uh, really were forced into a situation where they had not uh, been forced before. You know, we turned into a home run uh, and a strikeout team rather than uh, a Cardinal team that took advantage of uh, extra bases and uh, did the little things that were so correct.
1: What about a guy like Jose Martinez who's having an incredible spring? How guarded do you have to be for a guy who's getting some regular at-bats, but let's face it, he's not going to play a lot in the early portion of the season because of Gritchick and Piscotti and, and, and Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter's is playing first base. So how guarded do you have to be?
2: Well, you bring up a good point because uh, of what you said about not playing or getting not playing regularly, okay? Mm-hmm. Down here, he's playing regularly, and it's so, much more, it's so much easier to play on a regular basis than it is uh, on a spot basis. Now, there are some people that are... Are prone to that, okay? They're they're better situated for that, but that's a you don't run across that very often. So you bring up a very good point. And and you know, when you normally see guys who are
1: prepared like that, they've been at the game for a while. They know what it takes for them to have that wanted bat, or pinch it, or go in late. But if you're a young guy, and I don't know if I can say Martinez is a young guy. He's going to be 29, but he spent all of his life in the minor leagues. This
2: is a little bit of a different bird for him. Well, there's no doubt about it. You can spend all the time you want in the minor leagues, but when you get up here, it's a whole different ball game. It really is. You, you know the difference between AAA and the big leagues is probably the biggest step of any. You know, from a rookie ball to the A ball to Double A, AA, AAA. That AAA to the big leagues is the biggest step of all.
1: What do you like about this ball club? You, you like the way the pitching set up?
2: Well, I do like the pitching, and this is the uh, strength of this Cardinal team. If the pitching goes, it's bye-bye, baby. You know, this is what we are all about, pitching, and it's very, very strong. There's no doubt about that. Now, it's going to be interesting to watch them, though, and see how that plays out. I haven't made up my mind about this team yet. And really? I'm, oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a long ways from making it up. I want to see what happens. That First of all, if I'm a Cardinal and if I'm one of these players— I'm already thinking about the Sunday night and the Cubs series. I don't want them coming into my place and kicking me around. I can tell you that right now. That's just my thoughts on it. And I'm going to watch that and see how they react to that.
1: Well, you know what, that, that's an interesting point you bring up because you and I have talked about the fraternization of the game and everybody's lovey-dovey. You know, there comes a point when you say, hey, you can have all the fun you want, but you can't have it in my backyard. And, and that's something that this team has got to be locked in on and understanding that you, nobody wants to be embarrassed in their own backyard. And I don't think
2: you want to start your season off with that sort of stuff. As I mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, I think this is where a team develops their character and I'm a big proponent of character, whether it's individual or whether it's a team. And I haven't seen that develop yet, and I'm watching for it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I know everybody talks about where Fowler has come in and he's done this and he's done that. He's been good for the clubhouse, but, you know, he's one of 25. You've got to make sure everybody else is on the same page and willing to play
2: for each other. And I think we're, the jury's still out on that. I don't think there's any doubt about yeah. it. And you, you bring up another good point willing to play for each other mm-hmm. that's the name of this game really and uh, you know you hate to compare this business to anything like uh, military but basically you know are you going to get in this foxhole with this guy are you going to be uh, are you going to be a uh, turning your back on him or is he going to is he going to protect your back that's really what happens on this field down there yeah. in, in a limited basis
1: no you but i think when you when you look at the little things and, and you and I have seen selfish ballplayers, and they're easy to pick out. I don't know if we're at that point, but I think it's going to still take time. I mean, you can have all the team bonfires and all that sort of stuff doing the spring training, but this is a game when you're around a person for as long as you are, if you don't have some sort of chemistry, Mike, and you've been on some teams like that where you've had that chemistry and you've been on some teams where it wasn't that way, and you
2: broadcast teams that wasn't that way. It's not pretty when it doesn't work. Not pretty at all, and uh, a big problem that we have nowadays in our industry and all the industries. Basically, it's money. Yeah, and uh, that's a. Re- I tell you what, if you if you research the uh, the word I'm looking for, for, money, the the beginning of money, <clears throat> and how it all evolved in in our society, and when I when I say our society, I'm talking about you know, the, a couple of thousand years. <laughs> but it, it's developed to this point, and it's invaded our business, okay? Oh, yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? A, a great example is, you know, if a guy hits 40 home runs and strikes out 250 times, they're going to give him $20 million a year. And pat so, him on the back. Yeah, and, 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 and say he's a star. And the other guy that gives his heart and soul – and he gets nothing, and not, now that's a very, very wedging uh, situation. You know, uh, it's
1: it's it's more glaring than what it used to be. Uh, you see a lot of guys who come to this ballpark and they put a lot of work in. and They don't get paid for it, but you get guys that show up and they, as you mentioned, they hit thirty home runs, they strike out a couple hundred times, and everybody's saying he's a, he's a great player. That wears old. But I notice this: I don't see it on good teams. I see it on teams that are don't have a character and the personality you're talking about. But it's something that you see more and more of, and I'm not sure where we're going to go from here.
2: That's where the leadership comes yeah. in. And <clears throat> you, you look at you know, the word I was looking for with money is the origin of money, okay? And it's the same thing with the baseball team. Uh, where does it start, okay? Where does it fit together? And it all comes from the top. Where's the leadership?
4: The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings, is the exclusive fan club for Cardinals fans age 13 and under. Tremendous membership benefits include two tickets to a 2017 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only autograph party at Busch Stadium, and much more. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash kids club. Derek Lilliquist, Cardinals pitching coach, joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.
1: We have a chance to visit with Cardinal pitching coach Derek Lilliquist and Mr. Lilliquist, first of all, it's been a very quiet spring as far as your pitchers are concerned they seem like they're getting to the work in and most of them have been pretty effective.
8: yeah, it's been uh, uh, really business as usual right at the moment and we know we got uh, we had one casually with uh, Schaefer but um, for the most part everybody's been pretty good and came in in uh, good shape. Who's caught
1: your eye, if anyone, as far as how they came in and how effective they've been maybe compared to the end of the season?
8: Um, Well, with the big league guys, uh, it seems as though uh, Matty Bowman is right where he left off from last year. And uh, uh, everybody else, Waco, looks really good right now. The ball's coming out good. On the uh, younger guy's side, I was really impressed with uh, Sandy Alcantara.
1: You know, everybody was excited to see him because we heard so much about him. I think I was impressed with the fact that he had versatility of being able to throw just a heat, more than just a fastball. He showed some other pitches that he probably shows a lot more confidence in than a lot of kids his age.
8: Absolutely, I mean, to pitch at twenty-one all year this year and and having a, having a very usable changeup, um, a very very good sinker that's firm and uh breaking ball that, that spins real nice.
1: You know, we seem like we go through phases in the game where there are pitches of choice. It used to be a slider. It used to be a cutter. Now everybody's looking to throw the change up, and you see guys with different grips. Is that just something we see from time to time, or is that something guys see success with somewhere else, and they say, well, maybe you ought to try that?
8: Uh, I think that uh, everybody everybody is always in, in uh, the hunt for the perfect, Bugs Bunny-type change-up. Um, we had a pitcher here um, years back that he tried every grip, known to man, and never could get a change-up, and he was still pretty good, Chris Carpenter.
1: <laughs> That's a good point you make. Uh, so, but if you don't have a good fastball to set up everything else, it really doesn't make a difference what else you have, right? Fastball command. There you go. Hey, um, we are him now in the game where – We've seen the evolution of the starter where he can get six, maybe seven innings. We know about the closer. Tell me a little bit about the direction of the setup person now because it seems like they're even more valuable than maybe what they used to be.
8: Yeah, I mean, we were trying to make this a, a five-inning game as much as possible. And um, that that, uh, that setup man, And I mean, you'd ideally like to have a couple guys down there that could go two innings. Mm-hmm. And then you're uh, you're really cutting, cutting the da- game down. Um, I think the, the one inning setup guy is, is not is, is trending the other way, if you will, and the two inning guys are moving forward.
1: Is a two inning setup guy, is that more psychological than anything else? Because you had guys that come in, especially closers who like to come in clean and just oh, I can just give you one inning. Is that, is that
8: just psychological more than physical? because you pitch in an area where guys could come in and get more? I think, yeah, I think it was a, a, a state of mind, like you say. Uh, today, Today, as we saw in the playoffs, uh, with Miller coming in and, and, and pitching multiple innings in high-leverage spots is uh, is what we're going to need. And that, that's a perfect fit for a, maybe a, a Matt Bowman. That's a perfect fit. I think Seegers can give us two innings at times if he can keep his pitch count in order, stay efficient. And uh, I think we have great options there
1: what's the approach when you have a guy that goes two innings and you mentioned something about pitch count which is very important what's the approach about how you use them if he gives you two innings let's say he goes 30 pitches when can you go back and use them again
8: uh it it boils down to basically how hard they worked Mm -hmm. um 30 pitches to Bowman may not be 30 pitches to Seagrass. Seagrass may need two days, Bowman may come in with one day and say, I feel great. Mm So it's uh, uh, communication, but once you start getting into the 40, 45s, then you're requiring two days. You know, you talk about I feel good. How
1: many guys have you been around who come out of their bullpen and say, Man, I don't feel like I got anything? And they go out and throw a two hitter.
8: Yeah, it's it's a. it's crazy what your mind can do in this game. You can leave the bullpen as a starter and say, "I got my best stuff today," and you don't get out of the first inning. And then there's times when you can't throw a strike down here, and you get out there and you throw a one-hit ball. So it's a, it's all about a frame of mind.
1: And that's something that you have to be able to judge and knowing these guys individually on whether they can push through that wall or not.
8: Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we're all about the the push of it and. Uh, push and, and get better and move through it.
1: You know, when you look at your position, you got to get everybody ready. And how much do you rely on your own past experience as a pitcher yourself or the people who have helped shape you into being the pitching coach? How much do you have to rely on that in order to pick out something that you, you're familiar with because you've seen it before?
8: Absolutely. No, I, I reflect on on uh, things that I felt when I was pitching in spring training, um, what, I, what I've seen and what I've been taught in watching other people and uh, um, using all that because there's times when you get out there as a pitcher and it's like you, you don't know what you're really doing mechanically. And, you know, you can say by experience, this is what I did to fix myself. And that goes a long way.
1: It goes a long way, and you've been at this for a while. Give me a couple of people who have had real impact on you deciding this is what you want to do as far as your career is concerned, as far as being a pitching coach?
8: Uh, first and foremost, I would have to say my father. Um, he was a school teacher for 30-some years in Indian River County, and he was always about, always about the kids, always about making each and every one of them better um, as a person and uh, with the books. Um, and I'd say number two is... Uh, my high school coach Clyde Metcalf in Sarasota High School. My first year in high school um, in 1982, I was a sophomore, and that was his first year coaching high school baseball, and he's still there.
1: Wow, that's that's incredible. For you have a guy that's been there that long. So was it the way he talked to you? Is it something he was able to observe? Because you know, as we talk, pitching is has a lot to do with the psychological approach. So what made it special? And what made him stick in your mind?
8: To listen, really listen to what what the kids are telling you. Mm -hmm. And then take your experience and what you've been taught and what you've seen and apply a model model to um, give them, to make them better.
1: You know, we see all these kids today and everybody wants to try and break the gun. Everybody's talking about velocity. There's still a place in this game for guys who have location also. Is, is that something that we overlook a lot because we're so enamored with 98 and 99 miles an hour?
8: Absolutely. You look at, uh, we'll take Carlos Martinez for an example. Um, he can throw 100. Does he command it at 100? Not all the time. But when he's 94, 96 with sink, that's pretty darn good, and it's tough to hit.
1: You know, I, I want to go back to a game I'm sure you remember last year in Phoenix in Arizona when he pitched. I think he had maybe eight pitches that were over 94, but he was
8: so good with his other pitches, and he had such command that night. Absolutely. Another game we can think about, too, is when he pitched in Houston. Yeah. And he was anywhere from 91 with his fastball to 97, but he was pitching. He was hitting the spots. He was controlling the counts. He was getting quick outs. At the end of seven, eight innings, I think he had like 80 pitches.
1: Do kids throw enough on the side? Do they do enough long toss? Because... That used to be a real practice that a lot of guys did, and they didn't have the arm problems. Do they do it enough today?
8: I would like to see more. I would like to see the conditioning of uh, of the arm being more of a long toss type, uh, not so much throwing, throwing off the mound, but more long toss. And for younger kids, I think it's, it's more rest in between. Um, I think that... The volume is what what hurts the the younger kids. Yeah,
1: well, a kid doesn't have to go out and throw every day, but it's quality throws is what you're talking about.
8: Absolutely, quality over quantity all the time. It's fun to watch you work with these pitchers. Let's have a great season. Yes, let's do it. Thank you. Get set for the season with your new Cardinals
4: gear. On Friday, April 7th, 30,000 fans ages 16 and older will receive a lightweight hooded pullover, courtesy of AT&T. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. Lance Lynn next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.
0: Lance Lynn joins us on the Cardinals Radio Network on Sunday. Five scoreless innings for you in Orlando against the Braves. How'd that go?
9: Oh, went well. You know, I was able to uh, move the ball in and out, mix up some speeds, and, uh, you know, it was good get deeper in the game. So that's something that uh, we're looking forward to see how things go moving forward. But, you know, get 75 pitches, five innings in, feels good. Everything felt good. So moving on to the next one. Talked to
0: Mike Matheny before the game, and he said that you look like you haven't missed a beat, that just physically and the way that you've been going about it, it's been very impressive.
9: Uh, it did not feel like that to me, but uh, you know, when you when you're out of here, you, the game, you know, you got to slow the game down and, and try to get back into your rhythm of what you were doing when you played. So, uh, it's been good. I've been able to, uh, you know, stay within myself and not get, you know, too excited. And uh, I just need to stay right there and, and uh, keep trying to improve every time out. What kind of pitches are you working with right now at this stage of the spring? Uh, I mean, for the most part, the, all four pitches have been been in the strike zone and been doing what they're supposed to do. So. Um, For that, you know, that feels good. Uh, That's something that hasn't been there in the years past just because of dealing with some things. But I'm able to use all four pitches whenever I want. And then, you know, the fastball is always always there when I need it. So we're going to be all right. It's a big year for
0: this rotation, trying to get all five guys going at once is. Never the easiest thing, but right now, so far, so good.
9: Yeah, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be better this year. Um, you know, we're we're definitely everyone. You know, felt uh, you know that burden last year, and it, it carried over in the offseason. And we got guys who, you know, have a have a lot to you know say about the way things went, and I'm looking forward to feeding off each other, challenging each other, and have a lot of competition, and if we do that, we're going to be just fine.
0: That is a real thing, isn't it? There is competition between you all, and you do feed off each other. In football, an offensive line is absolutely necessary, and all five guys have to gel.
9: Well, yeah, it's like an you know, offensive line, you don't want to be the guy giving up the sack, so you don't want to be the guy taking the loss. Uh, you know, Four or five guys win, you don't want to be the one taking the loss, um, You know we're we're men, and we all have egos, so you don't want to be the weakling. And it helps a little bit when you're doing well. You can talk smack to the other ones too so you can get them going a little bit. So you want to do well so you can get it—you know—get after people and have fun. But if we do what we're supposed to do, the team's going to be good, and we're going, to be, we're going to have a good season.
0: You're very observant when it comes to really
9: everything. I wanted to ask you
0: about the Dexter Fowler addition. Is that as much as it's made out to be? Does he lighten the mood in the room? What does he provide?
9: Uh, a little bit of everything. I think that you you see him be himself, and everybody's excited about that. And then, but you see the young guys are, are seeing him be himself and seeing him be productive. and Then they can kind of be themselves. As a young position player, you get a lot of stress. I, you know, I had the luxury of being around pitchers that helped me. These young guys are, are starting to feed off of that and, and getting it going. So you know, hopefully we have a good year out of everybody. I wanted to ask you also about the catcher. Eric Fryer's caught a lot of games, and what a nice opportunity for him. Yeah, no, uh, we've been working well so far in spring training. Um, though today was the first time in a game situation I've been able to throw to him. Um, but, you know, he, he works well with the pitchers. He's always trying to get better, move in and out. And, you know, he's learning at, at, at every step as the game. He's always trying to know what you want to do. So he's very in tune to what the pitcher wants, and that's a good thing to have also, the
0: Cardinals bullpen is going to be important to what you do just your observation of what they've been putting together
9: yeah um, you know we just need everybody to stay healthy and do what they're capable of uh, you know that goes up and down the line through the whole uh, the whole roster uh, we were very deep there we got some guys who are uh, you know fighting it out and that's exciting when you when you're that deep when you got guys fighting it out that's how you know you've got a good team and, and moving forward you know we're going to have some depth there and we 're going to be able to move guys around so we're excited about what we have going on here, and we just need everybody to stay healthy and, and get after it during the season.
0: Lance, how's the family? You have that young uh, addition to the family I know has been a lot of fun for you.
9: Yeah, and, you know, she's five now, so she can. I got her cooking her own breakfast, bathing herself so I can sleep in a little bit. No, but uh, we have fun. She keeps me young, and I keep myself young too, so that helps. Heck, I'm only 29, so we have a good time.
0: You know, people forget how young you are, man. You are a veteran in this game, you are important to this franchise, but still very young and a lot in front of you.
9: Yeah, uh, you know, that's I, I was I had the luxury of coming up at a, at a young age at the right time when we won a World Series, so, and I'm moving forward now. I just need to uh, keep improving and getting better and see what the game's got for me later on.
0: Going back to the family, I have girls 10 and 6, and they do just, it's when you're on the road, and I'm not on the road like you, but. Boy, how important are they to, to be able to make that phone call or FaceTime or whatever it is. It just
9: changes your day. Yeah. So you have a bad one and you get on the you get on the bus or get back to the hotel room and you see a smiling face, it's like nothing happened. So it keeps you uh, keeps you able to uh, forget, move on and uh, you know, real, real thing's a matter of family and, and you know, being there for other people. So that helps you uh you know, kind of forget and not let it build up, and uh, you know I've been using it well for the last couple of years, and hopefully I keep doing it. And the players' wives, f- wives of the staff members, everybody that plays such an
0: important role. You all are family, but boy, they keep things together.
9: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they uh, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of time where we're away, so uh, you know when they're able to you know keep the keep the kids fed and bathed and and the house clean and, and something to help you out when you get home and, and keep your mind off of you know 40,000 people booing you or or something like that uh it definitely uh it definitely helps so you know you can't have enough support and uh they do a great job and they're one of the most underrated people in the game because they deal with more than anyone we just get to play a game for a living they have to do all the other stuff just two more quick
0: things for Lance Lynn on the Cardinals radio network and we
9: appreciate his time um your final
0: kind of couple of weeks here at spring training what will you do to get yourself ramped up for that first week
9: Nothing special, really. Uh, Was that 75 pitches a day? Get up to 85, 90, probably the next two. So get those in, build the arm strength, make sure everything's good to go, and just be healthy. Be healthy to start the year so you don't have to deal with any aches and pains or, or nagging stuff all year. So you know, keep it where it's at, build the arm strength, stay healthy, and get ready to roll.
0: Last thing, you've been through a World Series parade. You've been through many opening days. It'll be a Sunday night against the world champions, Bush Stadium. The world gets to see that ceremony.
9: What is it like for you when you come out of that wagon gate and see the fans? Uh, it's exciting. You know, you're paraded around in trucks, and, you know, you have 40-plus thousand people screaming and, and ready for an exciting season. Uh, this will be my first opening opening day in St. Louis, so I'm excited about that. So, And it's against the World Series champs, the Cubs, so, you know, there's going to be a little extra excitement there. So it, it should be a fun day, and we're looking forward to it.
0: Looking forward to your first start of the regular season. Nice job Sunday against the Braves at Disney World.
9: Yeah, appreciate it. Happiest place on earth. That's what they say.
4: Join Arf and Tony La at Bush Stadium for an unforgettable evening at Wine and Whiskers, rescheduled for Saturday, April 1st. A wine and food fundraiser at the Redbird Club, reserved now at arflife.org. Alexander Naboa, Cardinals translator, with Mike Claymore next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Spring training is well underway, and Alexandra DeBoa is here with us. She does a lot of things for the Cardinals. I know interpreting for the Spanish players is one of the things you do, but tell us a little bit about some of the other things that are involved.
3: Some of the things that I've been starting to do actually is that um, this year we've had a lot of guest speakers and presentations come to camp, and what the managers wanted to implement is have those notes to be taken in Spanish, and I think that's a really great idea. So I'll sit in with the meeting, um, in the meeting with the guys, and obviously for me it's very constructive because this is a treat for me. I'm getting to listen in on these amazing speakers, but then at the same time I can translate the presentation into Spanish and give it to our Spanish speaking guys so everyone um, t- can take advantage of this opportunity.
1: You know, I think a lot of people take for granted when you have young men who come from another country and they don't learn the language or don't understand it or have a real feel for it. You can be a little helpless until people like yourself come along. How much do you try and work with them away from just a clubhouse for people who want to try and be better at English.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Whenever, I just let them know that I'm available for anything, any type of questions. I know that a lot of guys, when they come to a new country and it's a new language, it's overwhelming, and they feel scared, just like anybody. If we were to go to a different country and we don't speak the language, we're going to not know who to speak to. We're not going to really feel like, oh, I'm going to go talk to this person and ask for help, but I really try to be available, check in with them all the time, let them know that I'm here to help with whatever type of questions on the field and outside, just normal life, trying to get adjusted.
1: And that's something Something that, as we mentioned, some people may take that for granted, but you can really be helpless in that situation where you can't even ask for salt or pepper on the table or things of that nature. What are some of the biggest challenges you see some of the young men have, although when they come into the organization, there are English classes available to them?
3: I think the biggest challenge is just explaining your feelings. I'm not feeling well, or I maybe I have an issue with this, or I love this idea, or just being able to have an opinion we take that for granted to say hey what do you think about this or hey we're gonna do this I to not be able to express yourself is really difficult and also when it comes to something a little bit more serious like medical needs for instance I helped a young man out with um, an eye exam which you think is so easy right left the the the, you know reading the letters off and if I wasn't there they wouldn't they wouldn't know how to do it so I feel like things it helps from elemental things to just expressing your feelings to very important serious things like physical exams
1: It's amazing that it took this long for Major League Baseball to totally get involved with this considering what, what a Spanish influence that um, the game has now. Uh, what are some of the things you see coming up down the road that they may even become more aggressive with as far as making sure these players are more comfortable with the American situ- situation?
3: Yes, I completely agree that it is a kind of eye-opening that it's taken so long to have Spanish interpreters, whether there be Japanese or Korean interpreters. But just like what I mentioned to you um, right now that we are doing with the Cardinals as that when we have presentations or important things, when you... To have that in Spanish as well. So, have everything that we do in the club in Spanish, and the Cardinals are kind of paving the way for that, I feel.
1: And it's nice to have coaches who can speak it as well. Mike Matheny and all those guys, they play winter ball in different countries, so they have a pretty good understanding, and that's got to make some of these players feel better.
3: Absolutely. To have coaches, to have managers, to, to know, to be able to speak Spanish, and just somebody in the front office and on the staff to say, hey, uh, this is somebody that speaks my language. I can relate. Someone that I feel that I, I can go to and feel comfortable expressing my feelings, concerns, or anything, so um, I think it's really important to have diversity in the front office.
1: We had a great event at the ballpark last year that included the Spanish broadcast, and we're going to do a few more of those this season.
3: Yes, we are tentatively going to do eight, and hopefully opening day is going to be one of those, and and we're going to have that in Spanish, and also our Fiesta Cardinales, or our Cardinals party day, is going to be in June. And we're gonna, um, we're looking forward to that, and hopefully every year the event is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: You're involved with that locally a great deal. There's a large Spanish contingent of Cardinal fans that live in the area. Uh, were you surprised at the outcome or the outpouring that you received once uh, the Cardinals became proactive with this?
3: I really did because before I feel like we weren't reaching those fans. They're just, in St. Louis is kind of unique because they're spread out. Um, Since I'm not I'm not from St. Louis, but what I'm told is that the Hispanic community is more towards the airport, um, kind of on that uh, that state line with Illinois, and our fans go all the way to the the Chicago area. But as soon as we oh we also I need to mention to you we opened a Spanish Facebook page, and just getting comments and fans and likes and just saying like wow we've been waiting for this. Please broadcast your spring training games in Spanish. So even that is just such a big um, it indicates like how how many people wanted this to happen
1: final question for you how's your English
3: my English is perfect you know that <laughs> I feel very happy and, and blessed to be bilingual because a lot of people come up to me and wish that that and they tell me that I wish I could speak Spanish in this industry I wish I was bilingual like you so I feel very blessed to be able to speak both languages
1: well we're very fortunate to have you in the organization I know these players really appreciate what you do keep up the great work it's good to talk to you
3: thank you thank you for having me
4: Visit the official online shop at the Cardinals at cardinals.com slash shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source at cardinals.com slash shop. Steve Zesch joins us next from Cardinals Magazine, and we wrap up this edition of the program. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, and we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, the Countdown officially on April 2nd. And we welcome Steve Zesch, the Director of Publications, to the program to talk a little Cardinals Magazine. You can order Cardinals Magazine at cardinals.com slash magazine or by calling 345-9000. Steve, how are
10: you? fantastic getting closer to opening day so it's only getting better
4: it is 25th anniversary for the magazine wow what a publication it is you guys do such a great job with it and i imagine that over the years things have changed the way you cover the team the uh the the content that you're putting into the magazine some of the access that you guys have but uh you evolve and we live and we learn and, and still a fantastic publication
10: well i appreciate it chris yeah we uh try to get better every year and uh you know, 25 years, there's a lot we've seen and, and a lot we've done. I, I guess the biggest difference back there in 92, when we kicked it off, we were at uh, 48 pages, and uh, now we're consistently over 120, and uh, we loaded up every every issue and uh, just try to make it better every time. But, you know, we remain committed to telling good stories, and I think you guys do a lot of the same on the radio with your shows. You know, you have time to do more in-depth pieces. So, it, it's, that's really uh, the biggest difference I think we've seen uh, in those 25 years.
4: Some of the in-depth pieces the last couple of off-seasons have been great, whether it was Stan going out to visit with Dexter Fowler in Vegas this off-season, going out to see some of Steven Piscotti's childhood spots and some of the places that he played baseball in, and hung out. Those are just such, such cool and unique pieces because of the access you guys have and the way you get the players to open up.
10: Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're trying to do is, you know, do the different things um, that, you know, maybe the economics of the industry have changed uh, what other, uh, you know, publications have been able to do. But, you know, we're in the fortunate position that we can still do them. And then, you know, being part of the team, being around here all the time, uh, we're able to get some good access and do those things. I mean, there's not many guys who are going to, you know, let you come hang out with them in, in the winter. They're looking to get out of town and and be with their families and then to have, you know, nosy uh, reporters hanging around and asking a lot of questions, you know, that's a pretty big intrusion. But, um, you know, the access is great. And, uh, you know, being around, it's, you know, when the guys know you, they, they you get their trust and you're able to do things like that. And, and that's what we want to try to do is the, the things that are off the, you know, the beaten path, not just the straight game stories and just a. Pl- straight player feature, but to, to do it in a different way and tell the story a little differently.
4: You can go to cardinals.com slash magazine and, and see that wonderful cover. I'm holding it right now with Dexter Fowler grinning on the front in that article that I mentioned. You can check out a free preview and also all of the benefits, including a couple of free tickets, by subscribing to Cardinals Magazine. And, Steve, just give folks, before we go, an idea of what they can expect coming up in 2017 in Cardinals Magazine.
10: Well, you know, we're uh, celebrating our 25th anniversary, and so we're doing a feature each issue where we're going back, uh, uh, biting off, you know, four or five years at a time and looking what uh, we were covering at the time. So we're not only telling the story of the Cardinals uh, magazine, but also, you know, the Cardinal franchise, what was going on. And that's really, uh, it, you know, the guys on the staff really got into it, uh, digging into that and, and, you know, seeing what was going on and seeing what uh, we were writing about, what was hot at the time. That's a nice feature, and, you know, we're we're rolling out a whole lot of new features uh, this year, and, you know, just for one, speaking of anniversaries, we'll do a season-long installment on the 67 Cardinals. Awesome. And, yeah, we're kicking it off with a Roger Maris piece, and uh, so, you know, always trying to add to it, do different things, and, and make it fresh each time.
4: Steve Zesch, the director of publications for the Cardinals, joining us. And, again, go to cardinals.com slash magazine or call 345-9000 to subscribe. Steve, appreciate it. Look forward to the magazine this entire year and look even more forward to seeing you on the ballpark.
10: Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much.
4: Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you to all of our guests tonight, Eric Fryer, Matt Carpenter, Lance Lynn. Thank you to Derek Lilliquist, Ben Fredrickson, Alexander DeBoa, and Steve Zesch, and... Thank you, as always, to Mike Shannon. Great job by my co-hosts tonight, Mike Claiborne and Tom Ackerman. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Chris Rabby saying have a great night. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.